Check. Check. Good. <sighs> Off we go. Welcome, Checking everybody. Checking one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, bitch. That has to be the cold open. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Making Enemies. I am Chris. With me, as always, are Russ. Yay! And Dave. Hey! And holy crap, do we have what we think is a jam-packed show. Maybe a couple shows. Uh, We'll see how it it turns out. Um, We'll explain what we're going to be talking about in a minute. Before we do that, I would like to welcome some guests, multiple guests, um, making an improbable return to the show is one of our faves. Welcome back, Mitch Metalhead. So happy you're here. It is a pleasure and an honor. He's a goddamn series regular at this point. Um, we'll see if we renew him for next season. Uh, and also, I would like to welcome for the first time uh, our theme song composer and our very good friend, Mike. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, guys. Very nice. Hello. Uh, excellent Tommy Wiseau impression, by the way. You've been working on that, obviously. I have, yes. Um, so I'll keep talking. We've been spending our time this season talking about metal. Uh, so far, it's one of our passions. as sort of a unifying element of this friendship group. It provides us just endless amounts of, of, of joy and, and sometimes agony. Um, so today, what we're going to do is something that we have done outside the podcast, which uh, we've talked about it a few times. Um, this is going to be the podcast version of our 10, bests, 10 best list. Um, we think we've talked about doing this with like Soil Work and Inflames and other bands. Uh, it kind of kept us busy during the pandemic, frankly. Um, and we've been saving this one, assuming we would do it in person but the pandemic has just prevented that from happening, as has distance now at this point. So um, so for today, today we'll call part one of our top 10 favorite Metallica songs. Um, this is a big deal. Guys, why did why did we wait so long and, and this particular occasion to do Metallica? Well, this was supposed to be like the penultimate list. Like, you know, we started off with, with like, well, we'll start kind of easy. We went Swedish death metal. We went a bunch of different directions. and like. This our top ten Metallica was supposed to be this unifying back in person type of event, which obviously never really happened. So, what better place to actually do it than here? Yeah, this was going to be the crescendo, (laughs) our last and final, you know, blowing of load, and now we're finally doing it. So, like, what, like, what kind of? For some reason, we kind of always kept this band in the back pocket, right? And we were like, let's do In Flames, we'll do Soil Work, and we'll do Iron Maiden and Pantera. And we always are like, we'll keep that. Like, what, why, what is it about Metallica that kind of made us, like, save this? Is there anything so in particular? 
So it's a bit of an assumption, but I'm assuming it's all of ours introduction to metal. It's the first band that I got into for, for metal. So, and that first band is always like a special band, you know? So I, I think that's why I saved it for last. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it's also in the pantheon of, of, of metal bands and what have you. Big word there. I, I still look back to the, I mean, I, there's probably not another band, from my opinion, that has probably till the day that I leave this earth, re, I will not get tired of listening to the majority of the early part of their discography. Yeah, I think I will echo what they said. It's pretty, it's pretty much the, this was like one of the first bands or the first metal band we all liked. It was definitely the first good metal band that I listened to. I mean... I was listening to like. What was the first bad metal band? Uh, I mean, I, before that, I was listening to stuff like Kicks and White Snake and shit like that. So, yeah, I'm the I'm the geezer of the bunch. So I had that you know arc of time. I listened. <laughs> they, they, they they so you you, so you weren't listening to Venom. No, <laughs> Russ was into the L.A. glam scene apparently, which I did not know. There was a guy in my middle school who liked Venom. Who drew he and in high school he drove a hearse around as his car. <laughs> <laughs> but I never got into them. Died a virgin at 22. <laughs> <laughs> His name he is Jesse. The back seat. He went from, from the front seat to the back seat pretty quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what they say? Always go from front to back. So. <laughs> Jesus. Is that an ass to mouth joke? Or it a might be. Joke? <laughs> <laughs> The first wiping joke on the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's what you think. Um, God, you know, we've got so many topics. I don't even know where to yeah. transition out of that moment. Um, <laughs> From wiping joke to Metallica yeah. songs. I mean, Dave said, like, of all the bands you have ever heard, like, you would just never get tired of any of these songs. Um, I mean, I agree. I I've listened to all of these albums a million times. Yeah. And they they don't get old. Although I I will say that like they do run the risk. I run the risk sometimes of like maybe playing them out for myself, and I need to take like a year off. But that's only because I listen to them sixty five times a year the prior the previous year. So like maybe it needs a, a rest. Um, for as good as we consider them to be, what is your current opinion of Metallica? I think we're talking like in generalities and. I know that this group, like, in general, focuses kind of maybe on the early part of the career. Like, as a whole, what do you think about Metallica? In totality. I pretty much stopped listening to them after Load. So, my opinion is I don't care anymore what they do. <laughs> I yeah. would probably echo... I mean, I, <laughs> I was ready to answer your question, Chris, until you said, like, in totality. Right? Oh, that's the question, yeah. Yeah, like that's I was I was eager to say any new album from them is a total non-event for me, but I'm like but how do you, how do you how do you average a non-event to some of the best shit ever created, right? So I still think on average it's pretty fucking good. Um that that's an interesting question. Mike, what do you think? Know. Yeah, I mean they have five of the most influential records in metal. And then they have five really, anywhere from really bad to mediocre to like kind of good 
records after that. So they kind of average out. I, I mean, it's not fair to average them out. Like I, I think of them as their early records and they just also have a few bad records um, or like not as good. Um, their most recent though, Hardwired, like I'm a fan. It's it's honestly a decent record. Um, you don't expect, you know, something as good as Master Puppets, but it's 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 really nicely produced. Um, songwriting's decent. You know, some stuff I don't like about it, but um, still happy that they can actually put out something you know decent these days. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Actually, like I I actually I'm already contradicting myself. I had said like the releases were not event, but on the last release I did listen to it with some sort of hope that they would like find some magic and. Uh, similar to Mike, I don't. Maybe I wouldn't say it was great if I never listened to one of those songs again ever. That's fine, but it was. I in, generally enjoyed it on the first couple of listens. Nothing that had staying power, though. But anyway. So, so I oh. never really gave anything a serious listen after load, and part of this exercise was I went back and I was like, let me give those newer albums a chance. And I got through Load, and I was like, hey, Load's not so bad. It's not as bad as I remember. It's actually a pretty good album. And then I listened to Reload, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I stopped listening to Metallica's <laughs> new stuff. <laughs> um, but in the process of doing it, I listened to St. Anger, and I was like, there's actually a couple of good songs on St. Anger. For all the years that I made fun of this album, I actually like one or two songs off the album. Come on, dude. And then I stopped. And then I got to like the back half of that album, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I just really, stopped. so you yeah. didn't listen to Death Magnetic or Hardwired? No. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, technical difficulties, everybody. I'm sorry, Mitch Metalhead has somehow left this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, admins have booted him from this podcast. We, we just, yeah, we just dumped him after he said he liked two songs on Saint Anger. So we'll just go from there. Um, well, I feel like we really, there's no need to kind of like prolong this uh, preamble. We should probably get into the list. I have a feeling we're all going to be in the same zone. I think we all feel similarly in terms of the quality of creative output. So I would be skeptical that songs later in the catalog will show up, but we'll see. And why don't we get into the countdown? We're going we're gonna to start at 10. We're going to go to one. That's how this works. Very simple. Um, I can't imagine we'll get this done in one show, but we're not sure how many it's going to take. So we'll call this part one and, 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 and we'll get to it. So why don't we jump into our top 10 favorite Metallica songs countdown list? Russ, why don't you take it away? What's your number 10? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this one has to show up on your list or I don't know what's going to happen with our friendship, so. <laughs> I don't know where it is, but my number 10 is Battery. Now, Sick. I'll say, I, there are so many good songs that had to be left off of this just because it's only 10 and, you know, they have, like, at least four albums of, like, all good songs. I mean, this song is amazing. The the epic beginning of the, of the song, it always makes, you know, my ears go up, you know, if um, if I happen to be having a, a mix going or something. And I mean, I don't know what else to say about this song other than it's fucking great. And it's one of the, my favorites on Master. 
maybe probably we'll see if I have any other ones, but this one is definitely one of the most epic Metallica songs, in my opinion. I mean, Anybody? yeah. <laughs> the song fucking rules. <laughs> totally fucking rules. Like that, as as our audience knows well here, a couple of us here are coming from the perspective of uh, from guitar players. So actually, four of the five on this pod are guitar players. Way to go, Russ. And, and, learn, um, learn guitar already. I mean, I, I've... This will probably be said across a ton of these songs. I think we probably all have tried to learn certain albums back to back, front to back, excuse me. But um, the song's fucking great. I mean, the intro is incredible. Like the intensity, the speed. Fucking love it. So I, I love the fact that you two are struggling to describe why this song is so good. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just awesome because... I, I was thinking about Battery also, and I was like, I have Battery on my list. Spoiler. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck to say about it. Like, it's just an awesome song. It, I don't know how to dissect the song. I don't know what comments to add to it. It's just a great song, and uh, I love it. And if you haven't heard the Van Canto version, check it out. Oh, stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you really do. You really do need to listen to it. You should. I mean, you could delve into different parts of the song, like, we could do that with all these. Like the beginning to me is like the thing that stands out, like the intro. But then like the whole part's like. Dah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I mean, that you can't not headbang to that. It's fucking incredible. Hey, look, I, I have a feeling that we're going to say this a lot. Like this is a fucking amazing song. It's awesome. Like it's going to unfortunately be like. <laughs> the, the next resound. Three hours is going to be like fucking great. Absolutely. I mean, this is like a no question classic. I, uh, my thoughts on this song are intro, 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 and then like crazy, I don't want to say crazy, but like headbanging heaviness at the end. It's just like yeah. aggression the entire time. There's a little bit of a breakdown, and even that is like super aggressive. It's super fast. It kicks off basically like the single greatest metal album of all time, start <laughs> to finish. Like, what a table setter. Uh, of a song. I mean, it's uh, it's just, this is one of my favorites too. I love it. Yeah. I think it also has something that not a lot of metal songs have, which it's it's a, it's a sing-along. It's almost like a nursery rhyme. Like, it's so easy. The first listen, you're already singing along to it, you know, the lyrics and the catchiness of it, not just from the music perspective, but from the lyrical perspective, I, I think is a testament to how good it is. Yeah, like you'll see on my list, this is the start of my list. So it's like, I'm super into, like, the super thrashy, like, fast, brutal, super heavy Metallica songs. So, this is an, a me, you know, perfect example of that, so. This is, like, proto-Russcore. Yeah, this is, like, the opposite of Nothing Else Matters, basically. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Which, according uh, to Billboard, is, is their number one song of all time. Uh, ugh, <laughs> fucking dog shit. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, off anyway. to a great start. <laughs> Mitch, what do you got at number 10, man? So, number 10 was really hard for me to put down. So, I, I have a 28-way tie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Of course Perfect. you do. <laughs> um, so, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even joke. 
<laughs> so when I went to put this list together, I'm like, let me just put all my favorite songs together first from each album. And then I'll try to narrow it down from there. So I started and I just picked my seven favorite songs from every album and ended up eliminating all of four songs from their catalog. Um, and by the time I got down to it, like, and narrowed it down to like seven or eight or nine, I had like, like, I'm not joking, 10 songs at number 10 because I couldn't choose between them. It's like trying to pick your favorite child. It's just not possible. They're all equally awesome songs. So, who is, your, who is your favorite child, though? Is it Bart? <laughs> it, <laughs> it's Bart. Okay. Um, so, so, so for number 10, maybe it's a cop-out, but I went with The Ecstasy of Gold because even though it's not a Metallica song and they didn't write it, when you hear that, you know shit is about to get awesome and it's one of like the greatest memories of going to shows is that opening of hearing that. Whenever I watch a live DVD of them, just hearing that just gets me so amped and so psyched. So even though it's not a Metallica song, that song represents all of like the 30 other amazing songs that, they're, that they do and so forth. So I'm putting Ecstasy of Gold at number 10. So let me get this straight. <laughs> you had a really tough time coming up with the top 10 list of Metallica songs and the so instead of choosing a Metallica song, you chose a song that isn't done by Metallica. I did say I cheated, so yes. <laughs> yeah, hey, look, nothing more I'll to add a, to that. I'll give you credits for originality. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment. You failed the assignment, but you did. <laughs> Wait till you hear number nine is a cover of a Metallica song now. <laughs> I mean, I think I think this warrants some conversation. Like, I agree with you. It's always awesome when this kicks on at shows. I've seen them half a dozen times, maybe, and I I agree with you. Like, it's a good it's a good intro uh, for them, like as live performers. If you care, like the S and M, the Symphony Metallica version, when the, the live orchestra plays it before the set starts, like that's really cool. I, I, I don't you know don't disagree with that part. You know, you could have picked like 62 other songs. (laughs) (laughs) But it wouldn't have been as funny. Yeah, no, it was perfect. This is on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? I got nothing. Woo, hard passes. Mike, number 10. (laughs) All right, so my number 10 is Dyer's Eve. Last track off uh, Justice. This has always been a huge favorite of mine. Um, really insane energy. It's super fun to play on guitar. Um, Kirk has this blistering, crazy solo, but also it's really melodic part of the solo that I love. Um, I like some of Lars fills. Don't usually like Lars fills, but like, I think he does a good job on drums in this record. Uh, although apparently he does not play the double bass live, which I don't really fault him. Uh, you know, he's old. He's old. I mean, Adam, did he play it? You know, also, they never played the song live until 2004. Did just good, like, play it? I don't recall seeing it live. But uh-huh. just, um, yeah, they never played it until 2004. Um, so they went 15 years without ever touching it live. Probably because Lars didn't want to play it or something. <laughs> um, although that's more times than they played Ronnie, which is zero. <laughs> they actually played Ronnie zero times live. <laughs> 
I wonder, like, at what point in the as it as it should be. Yeah, and like the record release process, we're like, God, we fucked up, but it's too late. We gotta put the fucking thing out with Ronnie on it. It's fine. <laughs> Just let it go. How do you make a song that you don't want to play live? I don't. I don't understand that. <laughs> well, hey, let's not let's not take away the excitement about picking Dyer's Eve at number ten. I knew this was gonna be on your list somewhere. Um, ten feels right for this song. I, th- mm. I think that's the right spot. Uh, totally agree with like the energy on it. Um, the verse, like the verse just seems like it's accelerating because like the, the chord progression makes it feel like it's just like picking up speed as they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that main riff is always just like boggled me. Like I've just never been able to like really wrap my hands around playing that main riff. Right. Um, it's fun to try and different... like get as clean as you can, but it, it's, yeah, it's tough to play. It's a lot of fun though. Um, yeah. I try to understand the song title, Dyer's Eve. Like, there's no apostrophe, so I don't think it's the eve of someone who died. Like, I don't... The, the internet also doesn't really seem to understand what what the name means. Because the song is not about someone dying. It's really about... Um, so apparently his mom was, like, Christian scientist or whatever it's called. Um, and, like, really insulated him from the world. So he this was about him, like, feeling like he wasn't ready to deal with the real world. When, it, when he got out there, it was, like, a big shock. Um, so I don't really understand what the title has to do with that, but... Hidden from this thing they call life. Yep. Yeah, yep. I would say. <laughs> Feels very angsty, those lyrics. Yeah. Yes. As soon as you hear I mean, like, this is mother and father in a song, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> hey, then he came back with Mama Said a couple years later, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. Well, one of the things we've said is like the lyrics to Metallica are very, I'm 13 and this is deep. <laughs> and I think, I think that song the lyrics definitely cover that along with like a lot of their other songs. Mm. And I, I think maybe that's part of the appeal to Metallica. Cause like when you hear them, when you're younger, you're like, wow, this is some really insightful shit. And then when you're older, you're like, eh, whatever. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I start, I think I probably first heard the song when I was like 16. So I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I wrote down, spoke to a teen, which was me at the time. I first heard this in high school. So I mean, this song is like just pure intensity. It's fucking so fast and heavy. And it's, I think it's the heaviest song on a, on a super heavy album. So I love it. I also kind of like, it may show up on my list. I kind of like that it's not the flagship song also. It's just like, I don't know. So I don't feel like I'm just picking the most popular song on the album, but <laughs> that's a bad reason to like something, but. <laughs> Your choices are all very, very cool, Mike. You're very cool and honorable, okay? <laughs> yeah, man. I like it. I give the thumbs up to your pick. Thank you. A not terrible pick. If it was Mama said, I would be like at your house right now, <laughs> driving to. <laughs> Dave, what do you got at number ten, man? Keep it moving. All right. So number ten for me is "Seek and Destroy" mm. off the Killed Mall record. Um, so what? A little bit what funny story. A little bit of funny story with this out this record in general. So I got into Metallica in eighth grade. Right. And I remember going to like the whiz to go like (laughs) with my dad to go buy my first like collection of cassettes. Right. And I went over, I grabbed this album. My dad looks at the cover. He's like, you know, your mom's going to want to want to listen to this. So I had to put it back and I bought Weird Al. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh. What's the issue? What's the issue here? 
I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> and then went to, like went to like a shop that I could walk to like the following weekend and bought the album. Anyway, <laughs> listen to this. I think I wore that cassette out. Um, you circumvented the rules. I, listen, like this, there's something a little. I don't know. A little cheesy about the song, but whatever. I loved it. I wanted to learn that lick. I did learn the lick. Um, so it it's in some ways very sentimental to me. That's like that song and perhaps another one on my list are ones that I would really think about that time is when I first got a guitar, when I first started all that shit. So um, that is my number 10. Did your mom like the album when she listened to it? <laughs> She never, <laughs> she never listened to it. Oh, oh, okay. When they wouldn't she let was you... still listening to Weird Al, so. <laughs> Eat it! When they wouldn't let you buy it, were you like, dear mother, dear father, what is this hell? <laughs> what is this hell you have put me through? I literally didn't know what I was buying. I, I, like, I knew I wanted Metallica. I had friends that were like really into it, and I heard some songs. And so I, I had no idea. I had, I had not heard a song on an album prior to purchasing it. I mean, it is pretty bad album name. If if for like during that era where you know, you know Tipper Gore era where you know he didn't, they were like trying to legislate what what you could listen to. I mean, I know that was a problem for me a couple times. Uh, with different albums, not this one, but well, do you know what the album was supposed to be called originally? Good call, Mike. Oh shit, I forgot. So they were they were gonna what call it? it "Metal Up Your Ass," oh, and yeah. on the cover of the album, it was gonna be a toilet <laughs> with a hand coming through the toilet, holding like a dagger that would uh, potentially be going up someone's ass, I guess. And um, yeah, they had him. I think the who was it? Uh, the yeah, label Johnny man. Z. I think he said distributors will not distribute this album if that's the name. So, yeah. So Cliff, <laughs> it's just so, so Cliff said, uh, yeah. uh, "Fuck the distributors, kill them all." And like, like, oh, that sounds cool. And that just became the record name. Another really offensive name. They they switch right. from metal up your ass to kill them all. Yeah, metal up your ass is less <laughs> offensive actually. <laughs> yeah, but kind of. Yeah. Who owned the metal up your ass T-shirt? <laughs> wow. No, just just me. Okay, I never got one. Shocker. Yeah, that's on point for this pod. I mean, we talk about feces constantly. So, if you still have it, you should, you should put it up next to your Storkin Gorgon banner <laughs> <laughs> in your workout room. We any seek and destroy uh, comments, right? That's what we're kind of what we're. I feel like this is a pretty so, big staple of their live I'll, set, right? They always play this. Yes. Yeah. That was what always. I was going to say. Always. I have a list of like. Something we should talk about is like how like the best live songs, I think, at some point. To me, this is like in the top three best live Metallica songs. I mean, we all know, we've all heard, we've all seen, or you know, the whole thing where he's doing the crowd participation. Yeah. Search it! It's very, very anthemic. So yes. So I think for the live show, it's absolutely amazing, but I don't find myself listening to it if it's not at their show. Like, if they go to play it at their show, I'm super amped. But if I listen to it on my own, I'm like, okay, it's getting a little long, a little repetitive. And I, I find it hard. Like, it's a great song, 
but it's a great song among 50 songs, you know? So I don't find that like my go-to Metallica song. I agree with you with Mitch Metalhead. I agree with him too. (laughs) Uh, Like it has three to four like incredible riffs. I just kind of wish they played them half the amount of times that they play them or something. I don't know. Again, to quibble, I'm like, I don't like this one as much. It's still fucking incredible. Like (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's no Ronnie. Cool. Oh man, it's gonna be a punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll go next and I'll keep it uh, on the kill 'em all tip um, because my yes. number ten is Motor Breath. Um, oh, deep cut! Wow. I fucking love this song so much. To me, it's like their most like punk rock song from like the early '80s when punk was a thing. It's high energy the entire time. It has like a fuck you attitude, like in the in the lyrics and the way he sings. They play super fast. That bridge riff is like really fast. Just it's not complicated, but it's very fast. And you're in and out in like three minutes. It's just like quick and brutal and done, and you're on to the next thing. But it's incredibly catchy. Um, I think being like simple like that is really to its benefit. Um, there are like multiple solos that Kirk just fucking rips because he's like 18 or something, like 20 years old on the album, and he's just like destroys every riff. Um, I probably gravitate towards this one because I got I got into Metallica after I got into like music in general, right? I was more aware of in the mid 90s, like Green Day and Offspring and like these sort of punk, mainstream punk, hard rockish bands. And this actually sounded similar to that so it really like jumped out at me after hit the lights and after four horsemen are like metal songs this was like oh this is like something that i would listen to tomorrow on the radio like it sounds familiar so i think it it reeled me in in its familiarity and obviously now thinking like thinking critically about like this was the inspire this could have been an inspiration to those sort of later things so that's my that's my number 10. yeah i've always liked the song it's a lot of fun it is very punk vibes it kind of, not that it doesn't belong in the record, but it definitely stands out. It's kind of unique in like on that record. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense. It's their early writing days. They're not as sophisticated writers at that point. Um, so, yeah, it's a good song, though. Interesting I, pick, I'd say. Stay I, tuned. I, I think you said something important. You said, like, you already, you got into this song after you were already into music. And I think that's something that Metallica did for me. Like, I wasn't really into music until I heard Metallica. And so that that was not just my introduction to metal, not just my introduction to the guitar, but introduction to a passion of music, like, overall. So I, I think it uh, has nothing to do with Motor Breath, but I just wanted to say that. So, so in particular about Motorhead, you mentioned how the motor one breath. riff is Motor... <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast episode we're going to do. Is that the riff is really fast. And I think, like, if you casually listen to it, you don't realize how fast it is, but they do, like, these super fast power chord um, in succession. And that was, like, that is really fun to play on guitar. And I, I think, like, if you're not a guitarist, you don't really hear that and recognize it. But when you actually, like, accomplish it for the first time, it, it's it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I mean, we're going to... We're going to have a very tilted POV on a lot of this stuff. I think the, the ease at which we learned it, the sense of accomplishment, 
we feel having learned how to play a particular song or riff or whatever, I think that's probably floating in the background of a lot of these picks would be my guess. Just sort of like latent, <laughs> just latent guitar player influence. This is an interesting pick, I think. I would have never picked this song, I'll just say, but so obviously I like it. it and uh, for a translator, interesting is a euphemism for a shitty pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can read between the lines. I can read between the lines. Thank no, you. but I love this song. Like, I, I love, love this song. Every song. Sucks. But I think you're, you're pretty much like a complete jackass. <laughs> the one thing I always sing about this song is that part where they're, he's displaying that. And then you have the like really loud just kick in the background. Sounds really, really cool. So obviously I like the song. I'm half joking with you. <laughs> I'll think personally. Don't worry. We've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Uh, well, Russ, why don't you? Why don't we move now into number nine? Unless anybody has any final Motor Breath thoughts, I doubt it. Anything you want to say about Motorhead, Mitch? No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus effing Christ! No. What is Russ, it? What's your num- is it Motor Breath influenced by Motorhead? Russ, what's your number nine? <laughs> Yes. Good job, moderator. Uh, so I'm interested to see where this falls with you guys. Uh, my number nine is is one. Uh, this is simply like, when I think back, you know, I'm dating myself big time, but I used to like going, riding with my parents in the car with my Walkman yeah. and just like, listening to one and just be like in the back seat just be like you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 just like that. but yeah, Russ yeah, head I mean, banged his, his headphones off his I head banged my fucking headphones off that's how fucking much I love the song I mean it's just it I feel like I'm trying to think of like the first thing I saw on MTV with Metallica and this might be it I mean this was a big video back in the day you know the whole yeah. like Johnny got his gun clips and uh I mean, it's just a phenomenal song. It's it's one of those ones that's like everybody knows one. I don't have to explain it, but it, you know, it's like a very heavy subject matter. And it's like anti-war song. And uh, the whole, the slower part is very cool. But then it becomes like one of the heaviest songs you've ever heard at the end. With like the fucking double bass and shit is like insane. It's like another live banger. I mean the way they do like the strobes when he's like double basing at the end. <laughs> I mean, you're left breathless after that. So you mentioned the video and um, this, this no surprise will probably be on a lot of our lists, but <laughs> the first, the first time I saw this video, I was at a church youth group reception <laughs> at, so, at one of the, like the kids house and the place was packed parents, kids, whatever. And like off in the corner, they had, I don't know, like the older brother was sitting there watching MTV and I walked and I was over there and this video came on and I was just literally entranced watching this video where I like the equivalent of kids running around listening to the wiggles is happening in the other room. Um, I, it was, it's like burned in my brain, that memory, like video is great. Songs fucking phenomenal. The solos at the end of that song, I mean, just killer. Yeah, there's there's no way this isn't on 
nearly everyone's list. Like, this is an <laughs> undeniable heavy metal classic song. Like, this is, an, it's just, it is one of the top 10 metal songs of all time. Like, no no doubt in my mind. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you're right. Like, it's, it's a quintessential, sorry, Mike. It's a quintessential, like, Metallica song, too, in that, like, it has the sort of slow buildup right with a lot of different parts it kind of goes on for a while and then it closes really really heavy they have a, a, a number of songs that do that and they do it throughout their career even later um songs still have that sort of structure and they just perfected it real fast like by the fourth album they're like well we just did the best one of those we could possibly do um so yeah no 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 qualms with this yeah same uh, i assume we've all seen this live probably if we've all seen metallica i'm sure you've seen the song live um yeah, yeah, I mean, the intro they do on this live is amazing. They have this whole extended version. <laughs> yeah. Pyrotechnics are just out of control. Like, you feel like you're actually in, like, a war zone. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So, I actually have a similar story as Dave, which is surprising. Um, except I wasn't at a church and there wasn't a brother. <laughs> <So similar. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So let me um, tell you about instead, something completely instead, different. So. Instead, it was a, it was a priest. And a, no. Yeah, <laughs> it was a priest. There was a back room. Oh, um, oh and he, wa- he no. wanted to show you his one. But but oh. <laughs> I, I can remember at being a lot younger, and MTV was on, and this song came on, and I was totally entranced by it. I think it was like literally the first time in my life where I ever heard a song, and I was just like my jaw dropped and I was like frozen in time. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? It was the first time I heard Metallica. It was the first time I heard metal and I completely loved it. And, but I only got to hear about a minute of it because my sister walked in and she's like, what is this shit? And then she turned it off on me and delayed my whole metal experience for like three years. So if my sister (laughs) didn't do that, I probably would have been into metal playing guitar three years earlier. Um, But yeah, same thing. Like, saw the video, and it was really like my first like awakening into music and metal and and everything else. So, so this was their first music video, right? Um, apparently, they caught a lot of yeah. Apparently, they got a lot of heat. I don't know how much heat, but some people were like, "Oh, you're selling out. You're on MTV, or you said you didn't want to be on MTV." But I mean, that's so dumb. Like, <clears throat> Dave and and Mitch are basically saying like, "This is the only reason I even knew this song was because of the video." So it's like, yeah, I think I feel like any band that. As soon as they have two fans, one of them will say they're selling out. Like, it's just inevitable. Like, yeah. no matter what it is, like, there'll be something about the band does that's a little bit different than why that one person I know. did. It's so ridiculous. They didn't sell out till way later. So <laughs> yeah. whoever said that was stupid. <laughs> there's, I, not to get on too much of a tangent, but there's this book that just came out by Chuck Flusterman called The 90s. And he spends a lot of time talking about the concept of selling out and how basically that doesn't exist as an idea anymore. And like that it existed at all was kind of insane. Um, highly recommend. Uh, end of tangent. Yeah. So great pick. <laughs> anyway, next. Mitch. <laughs> oh yeah, my pick turn. And pick, yeah. So is it Rust in Peace or is it? <laughs> yeah. Tur- over the tur- wall. What Number- song by not someone other than Metallica did you choose? <laughs> Number nine is Tornado of Souls. <laughs> um. So number nine is Creeping Death. Uh, it is. I mean, my, uh, Chris, you said before, like, a lot of this could be tied into a guitar playing. Like, Creeping Death was the first time I learned pull-offs and pull-ons and stuff like that, like, in a riff. Um, but what really made this stick out to me was I remember in high school going to a Metallica show, 
And Metallica opens up. It was Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and Faith No More. And they open up with Creeping Death. And the whole whole stadium is chanting, Die! Die! <laughs> die! And being like 15 or 14, whatever age I was, and just seeing like 50,000 people chanting, Die! Die! Was... Was can like an imagine, outer body experience at the time. It was time. transcendent can, can, for you. Can you imagine it's, what little little Susie manning the concession stand must be thinking of that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the funny thing is the person I went with, uh, her mom and aunt came with us because her other sister was like the trumpet player in Guns N' Roses or some shit like that. And when Metallica, so they went to see Guns N' Roses and when Metallica started and that song started and everybody's chanting die, I remember the mom turning to me and going, what are they saying? And I'm going, die. And she just looks at me and goes, I'm going to the bar. <laughs> you should have said fries. <laughs> fries, bar my <laughs> but, but, you know, as being a teenager, thinking like, oh yeah, Metallica, everybody yelling die, made the parents go away. Woohoo. You know, like it's just it just added to the whole experience and everything. So, so basically, people chanting "die" is the first time you really lived. Yes, so very deep. Wow, very yeah. deep. Holy, that's shit. awesome. I mean, how can you top that? F- fun side note: in that same concert, uh, someone threw a lighter on stage during Guns N' Roses and hit Axl Rose in the nuts, and he had to can- <laughs> he had to cancel the rest of the show. But anyways. <laughs> What? It would have been better if you had said it hit his nuts, but it also sparked and it lit up his entire pants. <laughs> it burned his, his nuts off. Wait, how hard was this lighter thrown? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> was it like a Bic lighter? Like how how did he have to cancel? I think I think it was a Zippo. Oh. In a few years the story would be someone threw a Molotov cocktail at the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, no, no arguments. Creeping Death, uh, an incredible Death song. The incredible. It's, it's, like, no <laughs> shit, yeah. Um, the only thing I would add, like, uh, I bought this, like, um, Metallica guitar solos, like, tab book a long time ago, and each solo had, like, a little story from Kirk, and he would explain what he was thinking or what something about the different songs or whatever, and he wrote about this one that, like, he was listening to a lot of Yngwie Malmsteen at the time, and, like, the thing at the time was to just play scales as fast as, as you possibly could. So I think he, like, absorbed that and imbued this solo with with whatever was going through his mind at the time about that, and uh, I can't even touch this guitar solo. Like, I've never even tried to accomplish playing. It's way out of my league. But, um, but I'm with you, Mitch. Like, just getting the main riff under your hands was, like, so satisfying, and playing all downstrokes at speed is just like, I am fucking awesome at this. Like, <laughs> such a good feeling. Because of Metallica, a lot of their riffs are written in a way where it's better to play them in downstrokes, even though it's like super fast and a little ridiculous and would make more sense to do it alternating. But they wrote the riffs with downstrokes. And so when I learned Metallica, I would play them with downstrokes. And I think that's why, I, like to all the guitar players out there, I think that's why I went to like economy picking and I never went to alternating picking. It was because of Metallica. Um, so anyways... So, so thanks for nothing, Mattel. <laughs> I think if you watch them play it live in more modern times, like a DVDs or whatever, um, he definitely doesn't hit all the downstrokes. He kind of like skips some notes and stuff and makes a little more like, yeah, like a slider from rhythm. 
which I assume I assume was just to make it easier to play. I don't know, but he's old. He's old like now. <laughs> James is a bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'll say a little bit about this because uh, this is this is gonna be pretty high on mine. I won't tell you where, but I this is like the best live song ever, in my opinion, for the reasons Mitch said. I mean, if you're ever in a crowd when that's going on, you're like, you're like, what's going on here? Especially <laughs> if you're 15, <laughs> I guess it's even more insane. But I mean, I've always loved this song. It's the subject matter. Some people might think is like goofy. You know, it's about like, it's basically about Passover, but it's about the, the evil part of it, which is the creeping death. I mean, I always remember just walking around Fanwood or Scotch Plains again with my Walkman, just like listening to the song like over and over, this whole album over and over again. But this is unbelievably great. And that's it. Mike, no. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what, uh, Mike, you're up. What is your number nine? Eight, nine? Nine. nine. <clears throat> All right. I feel like this is where maybe we get some different opinions going on. Oh. Um, Ooh, some freaky shit. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. So my number nine is The Unforgiven from the Black Album. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is one of their softer songs. Um, uh, it's, to me, it's super epic. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but the whole Black Album is just... The production is just immaculate, and this song is like no exception. Um, to me, it's just like a really rich sound. There's like some keys or some strings or something in, in part of it. There's the acoustic guitar, a lot of reverb. Um, James's singing is great. Um, uh, I think the interesting thing for this song, it's kind of a ballad, right? But the verse is the heavy part, and the chorus is really soft and clean. And that's like, I think one of the only times they've really done that. Like, Fade to Black, One, you know, whatever. They're all kind of opposite. The chorus is the heavy part. Um, so Kirk's solo in this song is one of my favorite solos of all time, especially from Metallica. Uh, I played this on guitar like a thousand times. Um, it's so much like, I don't know, soul is the right word, but it's just beautifully written. I think it's like the pinnacle of his solo writing, basically. Um, so, yeah. I would... But I have a sense not everyone here is a huge fan of this song, maybe. No, uh, well, I, I, it's not on my list. I'll preface with that. And I will also say that when I first, when this album came out, I kind of rolled my eyes at this song. Um, but over time, like, there's a weird, weird moment. I could, but there's, there's Unforgiven 2 and Unforgiven 3, right? Or whatever. And I think 3, which is on Death Magnetic, maybe? Anyway, I had mm -hmm. heard that. And it made me go back and re-listen to the original and started to really hear what you're hearing. Like, and I really kind of, I'm like, this is a good, good fucking song. Like, why did not, like, I really give this song a chance? Um, and so I, I definitely found a respect for it. Um, not in my top 10, but I, I would endorse your uh, positive vibe for this song. <laughs> so, so I agree with everything Mike said. Uh, I've, I love this song. I think the solo in this song is the reason I started to play guitar. When I heard that solo, yeah. it was one of the, like, I was like, I want to do that. Um, I still think it's one of the best solos ever in a song. It's not just Kurt's best solo. It's one of the best solos, period. Um, 
Uh, unlike Mike, I have not played it a thousand times. I've played it a, th- a thousand and two, a thousand <laughs> two thousand? and two times. So, um, but I, I agree. Like the production on it is amazing. The, the 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 composition is incredible. The emotional emotionalistness. I don't know what the hell word I'm trying to call emotion. <laughs> the emotion. <laughs> it's got a, a lot of emotion. Um, I, I, I love this song. I absolutely love the song. It's one of my all-time favorite songs, period. Wow. Damn. I feel Interesting. validated. Interesting. Nope, we need, we, need, <laughs> oh, we no. need the other end of the spectrum. Russ, what do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't, you guys have way higher opinion of this song than I do. I, I don't dislike this song at all. This is another one that I remember when the video came out, it was like a huge deal. You know, with the... Old yeah. skinny old man, which uh, he, but yeah, I, I dub Mike Unforgiven for putting this on his top 10 list. <laughs> <laughs> I dub you Unforgiven too. <laughs> the, the solo left me motor breathless. Oh, <sighs> all right, and that's making, it. I mean, I, I <laughs> making up Mitch makes up new words, that's how much he loves these songs. So I the got into Metallica of the song. When I got into Metallica, like this album had existed for many years. Most of their albums, everything through Load and Reload. Reload just came out kind of around the time I was getting into Metallica. So I didn't really go through that whole phase of like, oh, Justice is amazing. And then Black Album comes out and you hear like this ballad you weren't expecting and whatever. Like I just knew all of that all at the same time. So I didn't kind of go through the whole phase that maybe others have gone through of like wondering if their sound change is like good or not or like, yeah. If they're getting soft or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense your your view is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great pick. It's not on my list, but I think it's a great pick. All right. Dave, what do you got? Number nine. All right. It feels really early for a repeat. It feels really early for a repeat, but number nine for me is Dyer's Eve. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. nice. Number nine. Yeah. Number nine. Um, honestly, I, I I don't have too much more to add. I actually didn't even make a comment when everyone else was kind of like weighing in on the song, but it, I agree with absolutely all of it. Um, just like Russ, I think about, I've mentioned this before on previous pods about kind of what you're drawn to as far as like high energy. And this song is like the definition of that. Like it's fucking just, mm-hmm. it's relentless. From beginning, it's just so fucking like relentless. It's just and, and the riffing is off. I mean, I know it's just a great fucking song. So, a repeat number nine. Yeah, I mean, that's what a way to close an album. We we're talking about like battery opening. What about fucking Dyer's Eve to close out Justice? I mean, yeah, you're like, what? like, oh my god! You just, play you just start playing the album again. Yeah. I think relentless is the right. That's a really good word. That's a that's a really good descriptor. Relentless for the song. Um, is it better than emotionallessness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's an actual word. It's up least. there. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, continue. I'm, okay. I'm next. What? Correct. No, I got to do my number nine. Oh shit! Sorry, so, forgot you. Were I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna zag now. Thank you. I'm gonna zag now and do something that is gonna, I think, catch some heat. So, um, oh shit! 
I went back through the songs, of course, and I until it sleeps. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number nine is until it sleeps. <laughs> um, Mama said. I went back through all the songs. And I listened to all the studio albums, and I was like, "Oh wait, there's another album out there that has all these cover songs on it." And I listened to that. Oh boy. And I yeah. I kind of forgot, and I was like, "I want I want to put one of these on my list because when I wasn't." aware when Garage Days or the B-sides to fucking Blackened came out or whatever in 1988. But when Garage Inc. came out and the second disc was all of the old covers, I listened yeah. to that disc so much, it the laser gave it scratches. Like, it just, like, it was unlistenable eventually. <laughs> I can't believe how many times I listened to the disc two of Garage Inc., because on there is Am I Evil and Blitzkrieg and Fred Fan and Small Hours and, and So What and all these songs that um, that they play live. They play many of them live. Um, so of those, I was like, I want to include one of these. And of those, I chose to put Bread Fan on this list. It's a cover of, uh, I don't, they're not even really a punk band. I watched the music video for the band Budgie today. Which yeah. was like a <laughs> weird experience. Um and what I like about this song um, are a number of different things. And that's the, the 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 riffs are like there's so much happening in it. The riff, the verse riff is way more complicated than it actually sounds. The main riff is super dumb, but it's like such an incredible hook. The production yeah. is like a little dry, but it kind of like makes you lean into the song more. Um, the clean break in the middle is again like very metallic y in general like they but they put their own spin on it the original version is like pretty different in a lot of ways um and then kirk's solos in this are fucking awesome like the emotionalness of the solo in the middle <laughs> is it's great like it's really he's really fucking singing with the guitar like it's so good um and they, uh, you know, to, to use a, a common phrase for this group, like they really made this one their own <laughs> in a way. That was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was like, I don't know. It was, I was honestly like between this and like Blitzkrieg, which gets no fucking respect. And that fucking song is amazing to me. But uh, I wanted to put this on here. High temp, up tempo, high energy, a lot of yelling. I'm in. That was definitely in my, cons in my consideration. But I decided to only pick songs that Metallica wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Mitch so, or Chris, so only you decided to choose only Metallica songs. <laughs> what the fuck? Only three people actually paid attention to the. <laughs> the song's fucking amazing, though. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, it is really interesting when you watch the original Budgie, you know, video or listen to it. It's so different. I'm like, wow, Metallica really just took this and like. You know, if you listen to some of their other covers, you can just see the correlation more of, like, they just made it a little heavier. This is, like, yeah, they completely made this a, a metal song that was not a metal song. Um, yeah, it's a blast. Uh, playing this, the main riff on guitar is just so fun. Um, and trying to play the verse riff is kind of hard because I don't exactly know what they're doing, but it sounds really cool. So, yeah, always been a huge fan. I love Bread Fan. I originally had this as my number one pick. <laughs> oh my God. I, but then I decided that that middle part was 
was really boring and destroys it from being a number one song. Because oh. when you have as many good songs as Metallica does, you can take the littlest thing, criticize it, and move it back from the number one uh, spot. But I, I think this song is absolutely amazing. Metallica has a lot of cover songs. My original list of top 10 Metallica songs had like five cover songs on it. Oh my God. <laughs> Perfect. Um, with Brett Fan being number one. Um, and then I started to eliminate them because like some of the cover songs actually like the originals better. And where with this one, I think Metallica did it significantly better. It, only the Metallica version needs to exist. And it's absolutely amazing. And when I was going through like the catalog, I was playing these songs out loud and it was funny because I had this playing in the background and my son was sitting in a chair and the song starts and he starts like wiggling in his chair and headbanging to it and moving. And he's four years old. And just knowing like this type, this song instantly makes a four-year-old start to dance and, and jump up and still makes me at my age and so forth. Like, like there's just something about this song that's just so catchy. It's so much fun. I, I love this song. It's great. It's, it, it's you should- amazing. You sure he just didn't shit his pants or something? He could have. <laughs> you think you, it was definitely bread fan? It, it was definitely bread fan. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, bread fan is great. Just a little perspective that young people, probably including you guys, maybe not, will not or never understand is like in dig, in the digital music age. Like this was, is one of those songs that wasn't on any album. It was like a B-side, I think, originally. And uh, so, like, you couldn't get it. <laughs> like, everyone's like, "Red Fan's so good." I'm like, "I never heard it. I need, I need to get a a dubbed copy of Red Fan from someone <laughs> on cassette tape." And then when I finally heard, it, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, I'll just say, "Mommy, where's Fluffy?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that Golem? All right, so let's go. Let's go, Russ. I think we're up to Russ for number eight. Yes, and it is Dyer's Eve. So, (laughs) next. Oh, my God. This is the waterfall of Dyer's Eve. Then who's going to have this one at seven? And then we like back to back to back to back. Now the argument argument is like, who has the right real ranking for it? Oh, that's for the internet to decide. Yeah. It's for our three listeners to decide. You already weighed in. You said it was good at number 10 for, for Mike, so... I guess it's not good at number eight. <laughs> it's drafted way too high. <laughs> it's a anyway, steal at 10. Okay. We already jizzed po- uh, poetic about this already, so. All right. Move I'll move on to next person. All right. I'll all go right. next. Yeah, go ahead, Mitch. What's your number eight? So my number eight is Dyer's Not. No, it's a <laughs> bread fan. Fuck yeah. No. So, so like... Like I said, I had a, I had a whole bunch of covers, and I had a, and I decided like I'm gonna stick with one cover, and I stuck with Bread Fan. Um, I freaking love Blitzkrieg. I think it's super underrated. I, the song is absolutely amazing. That's what I'm talking about. Um, weird obscure reference, but the main verse riff in that song reminds me of a verse riff by this group called Hocus Pocus, where they play, play a song called Focus, or or vice versa. I forget which way it is. What? Um, <laughs> Next. What the fuck? What the hell did you just say? <laughs> There's a group called Focus that plays a song called Hocus Pocus. Where the verse riff sounds very, very similar to Blitzkrieg. Anyways, it's one of my favorite riffs of all time. So the fact that Blitzkrieg sounds like it makes, makes me love it. But 
Um, I, I had trouble keeping a lot of covers off. Like, I love The Prince by Diamond Head. is one of my all-time favorite, favorite songs. Like, great riffs, great melodies and stuff. But in that case, Diamond Head does it better. Um, so I stuck with Bread Fam. That's my number eight. Hey, this is awesome. Great. So out of three picks so far, you have one Metallica song. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They're the best cover band of all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we aspire to. 598 EP was one of my go-tos well, back in the day, man. I, I am waiting for one of your favorite Metallica songs being a cover of a Metallica song. And I think I know what it is. Unless you were joking. They just released that like huge album for the 30th anniversary where people did covers of every song on the Black Album. Yes. It was not good. Uh, Mike, number eight. So I went with Fight Fire with Fire. Ooh, damn. Opening opening oh. track, Ride the Lightning. Um, yes, we know. Thanks. Have you, have you heard of that album? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for learning me some Metallica. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so kind of like Battery, Dyer's Eve, you know, this song is super intense. <clears throat> I think the intro is just really kind of fascinating to me. Um, I'm kind of picturing someone in like 1984 who knew Kill 'Em All and like, they're like, oh, I'm going to get the new Metallica album, Ride the Lightning, and they listen to the first track and there's like this major key acoustic intro. Are they like, did I put the right record in? Like, or are they like, this is awesome or terrible? I don't know what they're thinking. I love it. Um, and then it just like, goes. Is that a is that a harpsichord? Like, what is going on there? It might be like a twelve string <laughs> guitar, acoustic, I guess. Uh, yeah. So apparently, Cliff wrote this intro. He's playing acoustic a lot, and they incorporate into the song. Um, I think Cliff is the reason "Ride the Lightning." The whole album is so much more musically interesting, complex um, than "Kill 'Em All." Apparently, he actually studied music in college and actually taught James the music theory. So I hmm. um, think a lot of the sophistication of the album can be attributed to him bringing that to the band. Um, so that kind of shows for sure in this intro. Um, and then the rest of the song is insane. Just love it. Um, great leads, great riffs. Uh, Kirk does this like whammy bar dive at the end that imitates basically like a nuclear bomb being dropped and exploding. That's a cool way to end a song. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awesome too. Like... <laughs> the way... <laughs> It's like 1980s exactly. effects. Yeah. Yes. I, I, mean, so, I think the song... Go ahead. Go ahead, Mitch. I was just going to say, I never look at the writing credits. Did Cliff write a lot of stuff on the first three albums? Because I feel like a lot of people owe the first three albums to Cliff, but I'm not sure if he actually like is as big of an influence as everybody thinks he is. It, does anybody know if that's true or not? Well, well, I definitely didn't get writing credits on the first album because he wasn't in the band. Um... But I don't know how much, how much writing credits he had compared to everyone else. Obviously, James and Lars have writing credits on like every single Metallica song. Um, but I think Cliff influenced James a lot. Um, and Kirk. Like he knew way more of music theory than they did apparently. And he taught them a lot. Um, so I think he got them doing more interesting rhythms, harmonies and stuff like that, that they w weren't really doing on Kill 'Em All. Uh, doesn't mean he wrote the songs. I don't, I don't know if writing credits is really the only way to look at it. Yeah, on Master Th of Puppets. That makes a lot of sense. Um, on Master of Puppets, he's he's credited on three of the songs, but I think Mike, you're probably right. Like you're just in the band with the guys, like you're just influencing each other and jamming and stuff. So yeah, it's probably more that. I agree with Mike though. Uh, 
about this album in particular, as far as Cliff's influence, um, just the sound, like, the, and the, you know, obviously the intro to like from the bell tolls and all that stuff. It's like, it's quintessential Metallica to me. And it's, it, that's Cliff Burton. So, but yeah, he, that song is amazing. It's like, what a way to another unbelievable beginning to an album similar to the the next one, which was my number 10 battery, like fight fire with fire to open this album. Like, fuck <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Moment. It's a great, it's like pure, pure thrash yep. heaven. <laughs> so, Super thrashy. Yeah. Dave, what do you got for your number eight? Well, keeping the theme of repeats, my number eight is one. All Tell right. us about that one. I, which, which, which one is that? <laughs> <laughs> like Mitch's Catholic priest story. Um, <laughs> I mean, I really have nothing new to add about, about this from what we've already kind of said, but it was a extremely influential and monumental song in my metal, like, like my interest in metal, it's like path, and then also my guitar playing. So, absolutely, that guitar tone in the verse is just the best fucking guitar tone I've ever heard for a clean part in my entire life. Um, all right, okay, okay. So let's keep moving, right? Keep moving. I'll yeah. go yep. next. My number eight is the shortest straw. Whoa! Uh, at one point in my life, the beginning of this song was the heaviest thing I had ever heard in my entire life. Like, there's nothing to it. It's not complicated. But to me, when I was in seventh grade, I was like, how did they do this? Do music can do this? Like, what, what, what do you, how do you make these sounds? Um, this is just like a fucking angry song. Uh, the main verse, like, lead riff is just, like, so aggressive. Um, they do that nice standard Metallica chord change of going from E to F sharp, you know, like halfway through the verse. Um, it's really busy. Like the, the chorus riff is really busy. There's uh, stuff at the end. Like there's a lot to do and it's really fun to play. Um, he doesn't have much of a vocal range on here, like lyrics wise. It's not that complicated, but that's not really why I love it. Um, there is a moment where Lars kicks it into high gear, like four minutes into the song, like the second half of the guitar solo that like, it just picks up speed or it doesn't pick up speed, but like, it just feels so much faster and heavier. And the sound of that, I hate to do it, but like the guitar riff is like, like there's something about that. It's just so <laughs> sick sounding, um, especially when I do it. Um, Did you go to the Rust School of Sound Effects? Yeah. Fresh from the 80s. Can you do that again, please. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a stinger of a sound effect now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I... I know it's probably not like an obvious pick from Justice, but it's it's just one of those that just sticks with me. Yeah, this was kind of a runner-up for me. This this could have been 11 or 12 or 13 or I don't know. It, it was kind of close for me. It was in the running. Solid song. Um, yeah, that's a great riff. It's very unique, um, that riff that you excellently uh, ver verbalized. <laughs> Mimic, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Is it really that bad? Jeez. <laughs> it's also I want more of that. It's long, right? It's kind of a, sing every riff the best riff of every song you pick. You have to sing you have to sing it, yeah. Yeah. 
Mike, you're absolutely right. I wrote down, it probably goes on a little too long, but I love all the riffs and it doesn't bother me that much. Right, right. <laughs> I had that exact note. Nice. So, so if you ask me to pick like my favorite Metallica songs, like trying to narrow it down. So like that, we so did like this you. right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right now. Like, my first response would be, well, you know what's not on that list? Shortest straw. <laughs> <laughs> first excluded song. Yes. It, it, it would be my first excluded, followed by Harvester of Sorrow. I, I know a lot of people love those songs and I totally understand why people like those songs. I just never liked them. I don't know why. They're just not my thing. Um, I understand why people like them. I just don't. So, not for me. It's uh, on a scale of one to ten. It's feces for me. So. Oh no! My first feces of oh, the wow, list. Wow, our rating. Holy oh, shit, Chris, wow. you're not you're not for him. So you he swiped. Which direction do you swipe? Le- left, I think. <laughs> I think Guys are so married, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know. You swipe up. Uh, so look. Well, we yeah. unless Russ, do you have thoughts on shortest straw? Yeah, I feel like this is a hipster pick uh, a little bit. Um, I like the song a lot, so I'm not in the same opinion as Mitch. I like I like all these song on that album. So, but how? The fact this would make your top 10 is like befuddling to me a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know. So that's it. <laughs> befuddled and feces. Good. Befuddled feces. Mike goes, it was my runner up. It would have been like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17, 23. Well, that's, that's why you're lovers with him. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept like dropping in his fucking face. It dropped like a hot load. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a befuddled feces. <laughs> what? Next. All right. Did Dave just say that five seconds ago? <laughs> oh, All right. So that's, so that's Mitch Metalhead's deal. That's what he does. <laughs> so look, we, what we're going to do now is is stop for now. Uh, <laughs> we've only gotten through three because we like to talk about Metallica. So um, yes. we're going we're gonna to call it quits on part one and we're going to uh, regroup, reconvene, and work on part two and we'll see how many we get through on that. Maybe, maybe, maybe no more songs. I don't know. Maybe it'll go on forever. Who knows? But yeah. um, We're going we're gonna to pee, poop, and then we'll be back. That's right. So... Um, I guess all we can say is thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time, whenever that ends up being. Bye. 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 See ya.